This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins him and tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And it's Dolphins Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello! From offense, 51 yards! going to be, I've got to continue, Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job, he's going to be rated higher up. Our apologies for Kurt Street and Lana, time will get him rescheduled soon, and for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp, good night, and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time on the greenest time zone of them all. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate. That's Matt McBruning. That's Dwight McPeoples. Austin Nace is on the International Space Station. And I'm Felix McSharp on a magically delicious version of tonight's show. Matt Corral or Carson Strong. We talk spring training camp battles again. And and Mr. Peebles tells us why we should trust Jim Harbaugh with Donovan Edwards. But we start with NFL free agency with several signings already being reported. Dwight, which signings do you believe will have the greatest impact in fantasy football in 2021? Well, the, the obvious answer is Aaron Jones, I think. Uh, it just, I mean, he comes back into a system where he knows. Uh, hopefully he rebounds after his terrible, terrible end to the season last year. But I estimate there will be a little bit of a timeshare with A.J. Dillon, so A.J. Dillon owners don't have to be entirely worried there. But it's obvious answer is Aaron Jones, dark horse answer, I actually like I like Corey Davis a lot too. So uh, the tight ends don't do anything for me, man. Like a lot of the other signings, it's been pretty meh so far. So I haven't been too overly impressed thus far with free agency. Not, not impressed with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith to the Patriots. That doesn't get your juices <laughs> flowing. No. <laughs> well, that leads us into let's go to a quick impromptu Debbie debate after si- re-signing Cam Newton. 
and signing Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Matt Judon on the de- defensive side, GVSU stand up. Are Bill Belichick and the Patriots back as NFC as AFC East contenders? Burning, why don't you start us off there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just about adding who they added in Cam Newton and John New Smith. And I mean, Kendrick Bourne doesn't do much for me, but Hunter Henry, I do believe they want to go back to that two tight end set they made famous. They were the ones who really started that back in the day with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. You got uh, their defense, all their players on defense are coming back that opted out last season. They've improved their offensive line with some of the trades and moves that they've made. You know, they just landed Kyle Van Noy again, literally, as we were getting ready doing our pre show stuff. So, Bill Belichick is a great coach. And I'm not going to say that some of that doesn't have to do with Tom Brady. Obviously, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So, he is definitely a huge part of why Bill Belichick has succeeded. But Bill Belichick is also the greatest coach, in my opinion, to ever coach at the NFL level. So, I do think that he is back. Now, are they? the top favorites are they going to beat out buffalo i i can't say that i love josh i love what buffalo's doing but do i think that they can compete with miami to be that second spot and get into the playoffs absolutely i i believe in bill belichick and i do think that johnny smith is going to have a huge season this year with the new england patriots they do inspire me Yeah, they they don't they don't mean man. I I I love I love Belichick man. I, I really do. I do think he's a great coach. It just seems like a lot of meh though. I I don't know. I'm I'm not impressed with the signings. I'm curious to see how he makes it all fit. I thought Cam Newton looked just absolutely trash last year. I I, I don't. I mean, obviously getting some extra weapons helps him. They're going to contend in the AFC East, I think. But I think nine and seven is is a realistic high point for what they can do. I just I, I don't see it, man. I, I just think it's a lot of a lot of man trying to get to some place where I'm curious to see where he thinks he's going with all this. So I, yeah, I don't like it, man. I I think the most condescending and dismissive way to start a rebuttal is with the word imagine. So. Imagine Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and Cam Newton changing your mind on what Bill Belichick is going to do this season. Imagine that. Imagine Kendrick Bourne and 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 Nelson Aguilar uh, thinking that there's going to be something different there in New England. I'm sorry. No. Cam is washed. He's a starter, and he should be starting for the Monday night football booth. That's who he should be starting for. I think he would be great in that role. But he is not. When's the last time we've seen Cam, Cam Newton be good? I love Cam Newton. But we haven't seen him be good in a very long time. And I'm sorry, but I think that the NFL is going to co- uh, catch up to that wishbone offense that they're going to try to run in New England. So um, Bill Belichick has like a, like a 40% winning percentage without Tom Brady. And 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 we're supposed to be. I just don't know, Bernie. I'm sorry. I just don't understand uh, uh, what it is. What you wh- why you think that there's going to be something different in New England when they pretty much signed the the same quarterback. I mean, their offensive weapons improved marginally. What I don't think it's going to be better than marginally. Uh, I mean, imagine throwing Cam Newton under the bus because he signed two weeks before the season last year, caught COVID, and couldn't do anything in that offense. He didn't have any time to learn that offensive playbook. I believe in Cam Newton. I, I'm, I do. I think he's what he was when he won an MVP. Absolutely not. To say he's washed, I mean, he had everybody forgets that he was actually decent at the beginning of the year last year, and then he got hurt. He got COVID, and he admitted. 
that that affected him more than he thought it was going to. He rushed back. You know, I don't know which one of you that is, but you can get out of here. I don't know if that's Austin. Oh, I never mind. I know who it is. Never mind. But Cam is not washed. I I, I believe now I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be Aaron Rodgers or any of those top quarterbacks. But again, he's going to be a decent quarterback. All Bill Belichick and Josh Daniel. Josh, is it McDaniels or Daniels? Now I'm confused. I'm talking myself Josh into a McDaniel. circle. Mick Daniels. There we yeah. go. It's all you and the Mick and stuff earlier has kind of like messed my head up. So <laughs> uh, Josh McDaniels, I think they're just going to have Cam Cam Newton distribute the ball and they don't need him to throw it deep. I don't Kendrick Bourne doesn't do anything for me. I don't care about that, but I also don't think Cam Newton's the future. And I'm also not saying that Cam Newton's going to start the season. If you look at the way that contract that they gave him, that's not necessarily starter money. I can't say that they don't draft my guy, Mac Jones, at 15, and he doesn't start out the season and lead the Patriots to a playoff. I don't know that. But Cam Newton there, I think, gives them some stability at the quarterback position. He learned some of the offense last year. Now he gets a full offseason, hopefully preseason game, so be healthy. And I do believe adding John Newsmith and Hunter Henry to that group helps them because, I mean, you can't say marginally improved it. They had absolute trash there last year. Nikhil Harry, um, I've never liked him begin with bust. They had Demir Bird was their best wide receiver. Devin Asiasi, uh, I don't remember. Tom is it Tom? Not Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo's a coach. Coach Ryan is though the tight end. Like Hunter Henry and John Smith are major steps up over all those guys. You know, I just don't have really any confidence in the coaching staff, including Josh McDaniel, who let go of Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall for Tim Tebow. And uh, 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 Demarius Thomas, who was not very good very early on in his career. So we'll see what happens. Just continuing on here, Dwight, with with free agency, is there an impact player in fantasy that hasn't signed yet that um, that you or is, that you're paying attention to? And where would you like to see that that player land? It's obviously our ex Detroit Lion Kenny Galladay, man. And it's you see, I don't know how much to trust people on Twitter, but it seems like to the giants is almost a done deal. I don't know where they're getting those sources. You know, I don't know where that's coming from. I, I don't sit there and patrol Twitter all day trying to find sources and things like that. But uh, it's obviously Galladay Gi- giants would be a decent landing spot. I'm still not a huge believer in Daniel, Daniel Jones, but that would definitely be, he would complement that offense really well with Sterling Shepard and, if Evan Ingram ever gets on the field. So a field stretcher like Galladay would be a great addition to that offense. So, well, they had a field stretcher. Yeah, and John Ross. I mean, I'm still a believer no. in John Ross. And, and oh, Dwight is shaking his head over here. I no, still believe I'm a Bengals fan. Ross get that out of here. Get it out of here. Get it out of here. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, but they've got a field stretcher. And if they add um, another weapon there and they're all healthy, I just really like – the way that offense could look uh, and help Daniel Jones develop. And we still got, you know, a very deep wide receiver class, uh, okay running back class, but they could even add weapons, especially tight end. I mean, they've got they've got tight ends that they could add in this class. Bruning, is there a, uh, a player that um, you think can make an impact that hasn't signed yet? Yeah, I want to stick with Galladay because, Dwight, you just said that you're a Bengals fan. The recent report came out earlier that the Bengals offered him a pretty good contract. I actually would love that spot for him to give them an opposite, a guy opposite of Tyler Boyd and, my goodness, help me out. Now all I have is Jamar Chase in my head because that's who they keep mocking. Uh, T. Higgins? T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Yeah. T. Higgins. 
opposite of T Higgins in that offense. I mean, allow them to go offensive line or somewhere else in the draft because everybody keeps mocking them, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts, because they need another receiving option. If you're able to get Kenny Galladay, I, I think that'd be great for that offense. That would be pretty decent, but if they do not go offensive line at five, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my, yeah, everything. Uh, they need offensive line so bad. So, and there's this, like you said, this class is deep enough where they can get a complimentary wide receiver later on in the draft. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't like that for Higgins' value, but I understand the fit as well. So, that'd be interesting. All right. Well, let's move from prospects uh, to the. Uh, excuse me. From pros to prospects. Schools are starting training camp uh, with spring practice, I should say. Um, uh, Dwight, is there one particular training camp battle that you are pe- paying particular attention to? Yeah, the big one for me that I'm watching this year, that I, I just want to see what hap- how it shakes out in Oregon at quarterback after uh, Tyler Shuck, or whoever the heck you say his last name, left, um, which is a good thing in my opinion. They're stuck now. They have grad transfer Anthony Brown, who looked pretty good when he was at Boston College. I call him the four-star twig. Jay Butterfield is there as well, who obviously has a little bit of draft pedigree. And then they obviously brought in super freshman, super freshman Ty Thompson is what I call them. So I'm really curious to see how that shakes out. I hope that Thompson wins, but I can see I can see them sticking with like uh, the veteran like Anthony Brown for a year. I don't think Butterfield's got much of a chance. He, he kind of scares me. I think he might break if he's ever hit. Um, by anybody in any division. So it kind of scares me a little bit. So I'm going to be watching to see how that shakes out. It would be really awesome to see Ty Thompson win that and just take that job and run for three years. So I'm really watching. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are crossing their fingers that Ty Thompson wins that job and you have to like the wide receiver weapons around him in um, uh, Troy Franklin and Devin Williams, Troy Franklin, you know, one of the highest rated wide receivers in this class, kind of those long, lanky, speedy, player that you always see go to to Oregon so um, we'll see what happens there Bruning what's the training camp battle that you're paying attention to Uh, so I'm actually working on an article for the site about that right now and the one that's kind of really intrigued me is Utah they've got four quarterbacks in there right now Charlie Brewer who transferred in from Baylor they have Perriman Rising who actually won the job over Bentley last year but got a shoulder injury on like the second drive of their first game and was out the rest of the season had surgery he actually won't be back until possibly July this year Jaquindon Jackson who transferred in from Texas was dealing with the partially torn ACL most of last year that he suffered in his final year in high school and then a guy that I really like and that is Peter Castelli uh, one of our own Austin Nate mentioned him on the, the Camps to Camp podcast as well. Four-star, the number 10 dual-threat quarterback as of right now. He has, like, track speed, track speed. He's extremely fast. Was It ran a 400-meter uh, time, which was completed in 42.29 seconds, the fastest in the state. And you would think in hearing that, that all he has is legs in, right? Like, he's just a runner. Dude's got a cannon. Like, he can actually sling the ball, can throw the ball deep with accuracy. His mechanics are not great, uh, but he actually is a very good thrower of the ball as well. I don't know if he wins the job this year. I I think it probably ends up going to Brewer. Uh, Maybe Jaquindon Jackson, uh, just because I think Jackson fits that offense a little bit better, but Brewer comes in with all that experience, and I don't think he just transfers there for no reason. Uh, But I I would love to see Costelli get the job this year or at least next year, but that is definitely the camp battle I'm watching the most since I didn't want to talk about, you know the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, you talked about a red and white team, so I mean, it's almost a you, you very I mean, Utah is one of those Scarlet teams that we all I feel Scarlet and Gray, sir. Red. Hold, hold red on. Red. 
Hold on, I've got a drinking game that I play. Whenever Matt unnecessarily <laughs> says D in front of Ohio State, I drink. So that's wow. not unnecessary. Super, is there another Ohio State that we need to worry about? Come on, honestly. There there isn't because no. the Ohio State there's University it. is the only one that matters. No. Well, the training camp battle that I am paying attention to is one that we've highlighted earlier in this show, and that's the Florida State running back uh, uh, battle. You've got Lawrence Tuafili there. You've got DJ Williams, the Auburn transfer. And you've got my guy, Jay Sean Corbin, who, according to reports from 24-7, has been the star of the offseason camp. I love me some Jay Sean Corbin because of his, uh, his size and his versatility. We just haven't seen him really pop yet. But the, the thing to be um, aware of at, at Florida State is the fact that Mackenzie Milton is there after being injured in 2018. In 2017, Mackenzie Milton threw for 4,000 yards, and that UCF offense was number five in the country. So if they can put together, you know, and Destin Hill is going there, who Austin Ace is very high on, if they can put together uh, uh, an offense that's, you know, somewhat comparable to that and just not what it has been in the last few seasons, you could see – one of these players pop, a running back maybe pop, and I think that that could be Jay Sean Corbin, who you know was r- playing a, a wildcat quarterback once they got close to the goal line last season. So I, I it's just a, a that team and the jump that they could make this season is just something I'm very intrigued by, specifically because Mackenzie Milton is going there and they haven't had a, a, a really good quarterback there in a very long time. So that is one that I am paying attention to. All right, boys, boys, we've gotten here quickly. Are we ready for the Debbie Debates? Yeah, let's do it. No, let's All right. do it. Yeah, well, thanks. No, Somebody answered muted. me. <laughs> we tried. All right. All right. A um, couple of sophomore running backs here. Who is more likely to break out? And, Dwight, we'll start with you. Demarcus Bowman or Marshawn Lloyd? Four. Let me make. Hold on, just a second. Ah, dang it. Sorry, guys. I had everything pulled up here. For me, it's Demarcus Bowman. I don't think there's anybody in that backfield that can do what Demarcus Bowman can do. Uh, Damian Pierce will still have a role there as a pass catcher back. Um, might fill in, you know, here and there. He's a phenomenal pass catching back, but I don't see anybody bringing the complete game like Demarcus Bowman brings. I mean, he's pretty much almost a clone of Travis Etienne there, explosive runner, quick feet. I love his acceleration, his ability to get to top speed, and he gets to top speed so quickly, and he changes direction without losing speed. To me, it's it's easily him. I think he's got a much more clear path there. Um, it's still Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, if it weren't for Kevin Harris, I think it would be a no-brainer for Lloyd, but I think they're not going to be in a hurry to push him back. You know, He'll, They'll get him, work him in here and there, but Kevin Harris is going to be in the way, and Demarcus Bowman's got a, a clear shot there. So it's, it's Bowman pretty easily for me. Bruni, are we going to have a dynamic backfield in South Carolina? Or are we going to have Demarcus Bowman blow up in Florida? I just don't trust Florida. They they just don't ever really do a good job of producing running backs. So I, I'm going to go Marshawn Lloyd. I mean, I do think that he is an extremely talented back. I mean, he 
He's got great burst, great strength, obviously coming back from the injury. He suffered at spring practices last year, so I expect him to be healthy and ready to go by the time the season kicks off. And while I do like Kevin Harris, I think he had a really good season. I, I don't I, I don't think he's quite as talented as Marshawn Lloyd, and I'm very high on Harris. I think Lloyd is, is much more talented than him, so I would imagine there's going to be some kind of split backfield there. Uh, and if Lloyd gets any kind of touches, I, I just think he's going to end up being a little bit better than Bowman again because I just don't trust Florida. Lem losing Trask, Pitts, I don't know what that offense is going to look like. I just, I, I'm all in on Marshawn Lloyd in South Carolina. Well, in Florida, you got to have, you got to think that it's going to be a team that's going to focus on the run between Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. Those, those guys are going to run the ball, but um, when's the last time Florida has had a running back that you could really count on? Now, we saw it last year with Kevin Harris, and why couldn't we have a Michael Carter, Javante Williams uh, situation in South Carolina between Marshawn Lloyd and 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 Kevin Harris we could we haven't seen it with Florida either with with Florida producing a productive running back or with DeMarcus Bowman who we just simply haven't seen yet because he hasn't done it so if I had to choose I'm actually going to go with the offense that has produced a productive running back in South Carolina so I will take Marshawn Lloyd to um maybe even bust out uh uh splitting time with Kevin Harris all right let's move here to another set of always interesting to talk about the Ohio State um, uh, players here, especially that wide receiver class. So we've got a, a couple here, Dwight, and I want to know who is the more valuable C2C roster addition. Now, for f- folks who are listening to us for the first time, Ohio State had a uh, just a dynamic wide receiver class last year that included Julian Fleming, G. Scott, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, all top 10 wide receivers, also included athlete Mookie Cooper. Mookie Cooper saw the writing on the wall, transferred to Missouri, and now uh, he's projected to start there, but wasn't as highly rated as the other two. So, Dwight, I'm going to ask, throw it to you first. More valuable C2C roster edition, Mookie Cooper, Julian Fleming, or G. Scott? See, I didn't, I didn't love Mookie Cooper coming out, but he's got a great opportunity in Missouri there. I think the bigger talent is Julian Fleming, obviously. But C2C-wise, I think I'm going to go Mookie on that one. I love Connor Bezalak. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I'm terrible at last name, so I'm just going to fly by him half the time and just pretend that I know what I'm talking about. Connor Bezalak there in Missouri, I love him as a quarterback. I think he's a guy that's got a pretty bright future ahead of him if he can get smarter, distribute the ball better. And Mookie Cooper is going to help. He's by far the most talented wideout they have. So I think Mookie Cooper as a C to C asset, yes, but I still I still think Fleming's a better long-term addition. We'll see spots and or we'll see targets in Ohio State this year. So but Mookie for C to C. Burning, what what's your what are you gonna choose here? I'm going to go Mookie Cooper as well. I mean, it, what scoring this year matters. I mean, look, I, I love G. Scott Jr. I think he's going to be phenomenal, but we can all admit he's buried on the depth chart as of right now. I, I do think that he's going to play more this year, obviously, than he was able to last year. But you still got Olave, Jayus, and Garrett Wilson, I think, are the only three ahead of him. I'm, again, you know I'm not as big on Jamison Williams. Mookie Cooper is the best wide receiver on Missouri, in my opinion, right now. So I do expect him to put up points. I agree with Dwight. I think Connor's going to be able to feed him the ball. And so for C2C, especially for someone who values winning on the college side, that matters. I, I want him to put up points. I want to get that star wide receiver on a team that has a bad defense and then going to likely be throwing the ball a ton. Mookie Cooper likely gets a majority of that. 
Give me all the points on the college side. I do think he's got NFL upside as well. So you get that NFL upside going into uh, into the future as well. So I will take Mookie Cooper and then G. Scott, barely, just barely behind him. And Julian Fleming is, I don't even think, deserves to be in this question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's unanimous here because I'm going to go with Mookie Cooper also. I mean, he might be the best wide receiver. He might be the best running back there in Missouri. And Missouri is, is a team that is, spread, spreads the offense out, you know, is pat, very pass heavy. So I like what he could do there. And he's already getting um, rave reviews uh, from that program uh, this far. A friend of the show, Alan True, compared him to Curtis Samuel. Coming out of high school in 2018, he ran a 4.49, 4.07 shuttle, 30. 6.5 inch vertical at 193 pounds. This is a compact athlete who could be really, really explosive next year. I mean, he has the body type of an Amari Rogers, but I have to believe that he's more explosive than Rogers and he's in an, in an offense that could take advantage of his strength. So I'm going with Mookie Cooper also. All right, next question. This is a Michigan question. We're going to throw it to you first here. Uh, Dwight Blake Quorum the Michigan running back, or Seth McGowan, who's competing uh, in a all-of-a-sudden crowded backfield with the addition the addition of Eric Gray in Oklahoma. Who you got? Uh, we're, as far as C2C, it, it's Corum here. I, I think he's going to have the, the best chance to be the be, the lead back, although I do love the back. We're going to talk about the next question. I think Corum's got a good shot. I mean, he, he's, he has a really good burst. Speed. He changes directions at really high speeds. Good body control. I, I like his patience. I, I think he needs to get a chance there. I know that he's probably not going to. We've talked about how Michigan just doesn't know what to do with offensive talent, but I do think Corum has a chance there to be a pretty good running back. Seth McGowan's just going to be mired in this weird timeshare that of all these backs in Oklahoma that now includes Eric Gray. So, for as far as C two C, I think I'm going to go with Corum here. Although I don't really love either of these guys, honestly, and I. As far as the C to C asset, there's guys I'd much rather have. Dwight, do you do you like um, Jalen Berger out of Wisconsin more than uh, these two? As far as opportunity, definitely yes. Um, I'm not, I don't like him as as a prospect either, as a long term. But I think probably a C two C, he would he's probably got a better ceiling than both of those guys. So. I feel yeah. like I'm on an island with Jalen Burt. Like I just I like Jalen Berger, how physical he was in high school. We didn't see that necessarily as a freshman, but I think that he could right. develop into that. And he was an all-purpose back. He can catch the ball. Um, again, so not something we saw last year, but I think that he could develop into that. They just need a wide receiver at Wisconsin. I don't understand oh, what Demond so Demons is doing at Texas A&M. Bruni, who do you got between Blake Corm and Seth McGowan? Well, I mean, to answer your question, Demas is getting arrested. That's what he's doing at Texas A&M. Uh, so I am going to go with Seth McGowan because, surprisingly enough, I actually really like Donovan Edwards and expect him to to actually get in a lot of work at Michigan this year and possibly end up taking that starting role, although Jim Harbaugh does usually bring in running backs to kill off their careers. McGowan, I love his, his contact bounce and pass catching is what stands out the most to me for McGowan, and, and I don't – 
I do think he's going to work in in tandem. Obviously, Eric Gray being there is going to kill some of his value this year. Uh, but I'm also not that high on Eric Gray as other people are. I like Gray, but I don't think he's like some back that can just relegate McGowan to the bench. And, and I don't think that necessarily Corum is going to get relegated to the bench by Edwards either. But I, I think Edwards is so much better than Corum that maybe he gets more playing time. McGowan in that high-flying offense with uh, Oklahoma, they like to rush to the line. There's going to be drives where maybe McGowan's out on the field and they start running a hurry-up offense, Gray's not going to be able to come back on there. McGowan's going to get a lot of catches, I think, in that offense as well. So give me Seth McGowan's. I do think, as of right now, it also looks like that backfield will be his alone next year once uh, Gray likely goes into the NFL. I don't know why I include these questions that are so difficult to answer when the answer is probably neither, but if you had to look at the highest upside, I think that it's quorum, given that you know, I think that he's quite frankly a little more explosive than McGowan. The problem is, is just every time that you have a player go to Michigan, that is a red flag in and of itself. Um, but I, I like Blake Horm, and I, w- I wish I had ADP value in front of me right now so I could see who is being taken before the other. But I have to believe that probably McGowan would be being taken before Corum. Corum, I mean, because he's M- Michigan, because that um, that uh, backfield is loaded. Um, I got to think that that quorum is a little better of a value. So maybe that's the that's the answer to the question. Bruning, you mentioned Donovan Edwards, and I I just I we don't. You would think that Jim Harbaugh coming from San Francisco, coming from Stanford, with the offense that they ran uh, at those two programs, that Michigan would be a dominant running team. That they would be a team that could just kind of bully people. That hasn't been the case. You got Donovan Edwards, the second-rated running back uh, in this class, headed to Michigan along with J.J. McCarthy, who I, you know I'm very high on as a prospect, but he's going to Michigan. Dwight, if I had to give you the opportunity, you could have Donovan Edwards or any one of the running backs ranked beneath him, L.J. Johnson, Will Shipley, Kamar Wheaton, Amar, uh, Amani Goodwin, Evan Pryor, Lavoisier Carroll. Uh, trade. So basically, Donovan Edwards or the field behind him. Where are you taking? Ooh, that's tough. I, I still think it's the field. Uh, that, that's tough. I, I mentioned in the show sheet ahead of time that I do love Donovan Edwards quite a bit, but there are a lot of backs in that that class that I like as well. So that, Tell that's us why tough... you like Edwards. Tell us why you like Edwards. Yeah, I, I think he's very versatile. I think he's he's very close to a total package. Um, he impresses. He's got impressive speed. The agility's there. Um, he runs with power. Um, he's very patient. I love his. They talk about his ethic and his work commitment. Uh, I, I just think he he's just he seems like he's really close to a complete back. So he just unfortunately stuck in Michigan, but I, I do love a lot about him at 190, You think he, he's easy to add another twenty pounds or so? Actually, I think he read. Yeah, I got in my notes here that he weighed two hundred three at an opening event about a year ago. So he he might even be bigger than that now. So. I think he's really close to a total package. Just has to work on some little things and then hopefully not get stuck in with with Harbaugh. I mean, hopefully the offense is actually going to use him. You know, like I it's tough, man. It's tough. But I think I would probably still go the field on that. Two is a little ambitious, but I like it. Why not? I mean, that's what twenty four seven has him ranked. Bruning. Freshman drafts are going to be coming up here soon. Do you have any confidence in drafting Donovan Edwards? 
I do. Um, I will say, as you mentioned the ADP earlier, so for those who are not watching live, our current ADP has McGowan at 73 and Corum at 152. So, I mean, especially for you two guys, it would I would think Corum is by far the uh, the better steal there in drafts, getting him that much later uh, than Seth McGowan. Um, I am high on Edwards, but I, I would also have to say I'd probably take the field too because I do have a big concern about him going to Michigan. I mean, I do think obviously – I said it. Uh, I, I do obviously like the the RPO style offense. It looks like they're going to run with JJ McCarthy again. I just was writing about their battle between Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy, and um, who they just had, Alan Bowman from Texas Tech. Uh, and so I think with McCarthy and Edwards together, that can be a very dynamic offense. And then and as an Ohio State fan, like that actually makes things intriguing to me for for that team up north. But I think LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton, with so way some of those guys are going. I I I think I'd rather take them or through, but I do like Edwards a lot. Yeah, right, I you mean, know, Kevin jumped in the comments. I'm not. I changed my mind. I'm going with Edwards, <laughs> baby. Let's go. Keep it going. Keep. You're right. You're right, Kevin. Keep the train going. Edwards all day. Uh, congratulations to Kevin for taking his position with Fantasy Pros, a friend of the show. I think we've all, well, yeah. I know me and Austin and I have been on his show. Um, so, and Kevin's a really good guy. Look, this is the last chance for for Harbaugh to put it together. And man, he's probably going to put um, those hopes and dreams on a freshman quarterback. I got to believe either, you know, I mean, I, I, McCarthy's probably the best option. So you got to think that they got to win nine, 10 games. Um, and play close with Ohio State, or it's going to be um, the end. The end for for Jim Harbaugh, and they're going to have to buy out his contract. All right, um, Dwight, we're going to hit you up with some rapid fire. Are you ready? Sure, bring it on, man. So, Bruning about Bruning and I answered these questions on last week's show. So, this will just be for you, Texas. Do they finish the 21, 2021 season with a top ten ranking? Yeah, I think so. I think they're. I mean, it'll be right there. Right, right at ten. I don't see it much higher than that, but yeah, I think the, I like the Hudson Card a lot in that offense and what they can bring. I love Jake Smith a lot. Uh, just yeah, I, I think yes. I don't know how rapid you want me to go on this sucker. Well, to t- talk to me about Jake Smith because I know that's one of the players that you like. Uh, he was highly touted coming out of high school and has been okay at Texas. But tell tell us what you like. I just think he, I think he adds an explosive element to the game that we haven't really seen a lot, and I really would like to. Um, he's the guy that, working with Ray Garvin on the Debbie, Debbie um, Happy Hour, he kind of got me turned on to him. I like his size. I think his versatility has not been used enough. His long speed, he's very explosive. Has some things he needed to work on. You know, you'd like to see him mature a little bit, working as his route tree and his play strength, things like that. But I think it's there. The opportunity is there, and he's got a, a pretty good shot to be like a really savvy receiver there for Hudson Card. So I think Jake's a, a guy who I'm looking to acquire this year, and one who I've drafted quite a bit and late in my ra- drafts that I've done this far. So, well, you got to think that you're going to have Jake Smith playing the slot along with splitting time with Jordan Whittington, the running back wide receiver hybrid there, and then Joshua Moore on the outside, probably at the Z, stretching the defense, and then Troy O'Meary. The uh, uh, red shirt soft red shirt freshman wide receiver um, playing the X taking the spot held by Brennan Eagles last year. I've just written a profile on burntorange.com uh, on Troy O'Meary, so go check that out. Let's stay here with Texas Dwight Hudson Card and Steve Sarkeesian. 
they lead Texas to a playoff. So that has to be the next three years. Playoff coming for the Longhorns? I think so. I, I really like Sark a lot. I think he's going to bring a, a swagger back to that program. You know, it seems to be kind of what they've been missing. You know, they've had the, the highly recruited, you know, the high ranked recruiting classes. They've brought in some good players, but they just seem to have lacked an identity. And I think Sark's going to bring it to him. I, I love Hudson Card a lot. I think he's the guy to get that done. I, it will probably be the third year. It's not going to be right away. But uh, B. John Robinson, what we mentioned, the wide receivers, the guy. Yeah, it's it's going to be close, man. But I think he can. I really like what that. I like Sark in that offense and that, that team. So I think he brings them an identity that they've been missing. It's really going to be interesting to see if Texas can can become a magnet for recruiting in the state of Texas because if they could just hold the the talent from that state there, um, they're going to be a force at least in the Big Twelve and uh, compete with Oklahoma. All right, Rondell Moore or Jamar Chase? That's not fair. It's Chase, man. Chase by a mile. We we just we we just forgot. I mean, he. I, Excuse I hate me, it. sir. Excuse I me. Hi. Bring it on, Felix. Anyways, <laughs> we have forgotten how damn good Jamar Chase was, man. Like, I just I, – I, I've sat back and watched people just shred him for the last, like, six months, and I'm like, it ugh, drives me nuts, man. So I think it's Chase by a mile. We have forgotten how good Rondell Moore is. is it's been I have since forgotten how good he is. So, um, all right. Uh, this, this is your segment. Let me give it, throw it back to you. 2021, the best quarterback in the Big Ten is – Anthony Russo, baby. <laughs> Michigan State Spartans. Uh, Dwight Eaton Rapids stand up. Tank Bigsby or Jameer Gibbs? I'm going to go Gibbs just because I think he's a better pass catcher, a little bit better at everything. Although I like my personal favorite is Bigsby. I love a guy that just runs over people, and he has the name Tank. So he's like my personal favorite, but I think Gibbs is a better player. So. The 2021 national champion is. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Probably Alabama. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It's. I. I don't know. It, it sucks because it's going to be either Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. I mean, it's. Oh, hey, I wish I didn't even put Ohio State in there. I, I somebody would that, come right? out of the woodwork. It's not going to be Ohio State. It's no, not going to be Ohio not. State. I agree. I agree. I, it won't be. I, I think they'll have a little bit of quarterback, you know, finding their way this year. So. Alabama could too. So, I, ugh, man, I don't know. My let's let's go Clemson for my final answer. And the question that determines whether or not you get invited back is Justin <laughs> Fields or Zach Wilson. <laughs> you guys suck. It's Fields. It, it's always been Fields. It's always been Fields. What I, is, I that, what is up Wilson. with these answers this evening? <laughs> I love, love, love Zach Wilson. I, I've been on him for quite a while, but it, it's 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 Justin Fields. So. I Dwight, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. <laughs> um, uh, Dwight is the host of the Devi Manual. Um, he's he's uh, you're the De- the Devi team lead for Dynasty Nerds now, right? Uh, C to C team lead. Uh, De- Devi okay. team lead is Matt McCoy. Yeah. So okay. We, we kind of right. work hand in hand to do a little bit of everything over there. So, uh, Dwight, anything else that you want to promo? Um, not really, man. Just got some some rookie profiles. Trying to get back to adding some more rookie videos or some more prospect cut ups on my Devi Manual YouTube channel. But it's been kind of quiet for a little while. So, you know, life just sometimes catches up with you, and you kind of 
I have to take some things I have to take a back seat and I haven't been able to break down videos and things. So, which is funny because I'll sit here sometimes and watch huddle videos for like three hours when I could be just cutting up videos, you know, but I'll, I'll space out and just watch, you know, great grainy high school videos of, you know, whoever I come across, like dart one direction. So, yeah. So well, catch, catch Dwight's 2021 uh, rookie profile on, on, uh, uh, defensive end Jalen Phillips on Dynasty Nerds. But that is going to be our show for tonight. Uh, you can find our written content at campustocant.com. Follow the show at David Debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We went a little long with the Dwight. We ran out of time, but we'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning, for Dwight Peoples, and, and I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. For the freshman. He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.